Welcome to the Art, Film, Dance, and Musical Podcast. Our guest is Isaac Serif, also known as Hysterical Melancholy, who takes inspiration from post-internet and webcore aesthetics. From new metal-inspired GIF or GIF, collages, to AI-infused album art, we'll delve into the creative process behind designing the visual stunning graphics that resonate with modern audiences. Get ready for an insightful conversation on the multimedia cybercultural zeitgeist, and let's take a glimpse into the mind of a technophilic artist. You nice and comfy, bro? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, okay. I like the smile on your face. Thank you. It's like, yeah, man. Jovial. I'm <laughs> stoked. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're going to start with your evolution of post-internet style. Can you tell us about how you developed your post-internet style and how it has evolved over time. I started off posting on Instagram actually like 2017-ish, like back when I was in high school. And I mostly kept it pretty like realistic, like a lot of like my painting style. And I did like, (laughs) this is gonna be weird, but I did like Joker cosplay like back in high school. Like, yeah, like it was more of just like a fun thing. Like I was just doing like, you know, whatever, like just like kind of paint, like being kind of weird and stuff. And like, I don't know, like I did like a few posts and then they kind of blew up and like got like 10K likes on certain (laughs) things. And like, I sort of like figured out like the Instagram format from that. Actually, the guy I came here with, like he was like one of my friends from high school. And so he knew the whole like start of that. And then slowly that morphed I integrated like sort of like clown aesthetics into sort of like creepy sort of horror themed um so basically what i'm doing (laughs) yeah it was sort of like horror themed almost like at the beginning and that was my old account uh it was uh he who laughs so is it still up yeah it's still up it has like i think like maybe like 5k on it or something but like yeah you could take a look it's it's sort of weird i don't post to it anymore it was sort of like a I sort of segued into like the hysterical melancholy thing. Um, But then after like I I stopped doing that, I sort of went, I created this new account, hysterical melancholy. And that started off as basically a portfolio sort of account. Literally, I just thought of it as like, this is a gallery to sort of present people with sort of a vibe. And back then it was actually photography. And I started doing literally just like- That's how you- Yeah, it was a literal photography account. And I just used my phone. And so my goal of it was to just capture nostalgic sort of like iconography and like literally just like random buildings and stuff like old like graffiti buildings Mm. or like literally like anything like I I would just be inspired by and I would take a picture of it and then sort of like try to manipulate the grid with it to like create this sort of like nostalgic sort of and it was sort of clown themed at the beginning a little bit like very like (laughs) melancholic sad boy hour kind of thing like a little bit (laughs) and then i integrated like text to those images Mm. and then i was like oh this is kind of interesting like a quote like you know with like an image very like tumblr uh, (laughs) sort of vibe like back when tumblr was rocking yeah exactly like the tumblr era And then from there, it slowly progressed into like it being more text heavy. And then I was like, oh, well, what if I like make the text actually like some cool logo or something or like, you know, like make the text look a little cooler. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, I sort of started working with like other designers and stuff that sort of happened slowly. But uh, I started working for my university. Actually, I was working for the faculty of environment. And um, what do you what did you study? uh, I was actually in a communications program. So it was a rhetoric media professional communication at uh, the University of Waterloo. So 
I was there for that and I had co-ops and stuff too. So before that I had worked for the government, uh, doing like, I was at the ministry of transportation, uh, doing What's IT. The, was the, oh yeah. It was it. like, <laughs> I was going to be like, what's the equivalent of the FBI here in Canada? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, worked in government. Yeah. I think it's like RCMP or something. Oh yes, yes, I, I yes. believe so, but RCMP. Yes. Yeah. Like at the ministry, like there was like the carrier enforcement people. So mm. like those guys were like the cops kind of, but like okay, we would okay. work on their systems basically and just like sort of like uh, do all the IT work. You know, I would be doing like configuration of like their their systems and like organizing that. So like I had a lot of like computer experience background, like doing like kind of uh, like I would be updating their operating systems. We had this huge like deployment of like this new software that mm. was coming like at the time and i got a lot of experience with just like yeah. organization you know being like really on my like game like yeah. with things and yeah. um and is that where the layers of your yeah. work started coming up i think so yeah because the vibe of that place was like old like it was an office building but like it was kind of liminal. like a little bit of liminal vibe yeah. and like so there was a lot of like me just working with like software like old like like back then and this was like probably 2019, right? And okay. the government still didn't even have like Windows 10 at the time. It was still on Windows 7. Like it was like- Wait, Windows 7 was G though. Yeah. It? Why move to something if it ain't broken? Yeah, I know. And that's the the thing. A lot of people were really like mm. mad about changing things. And so like, like there was a lot of problems with people because they were like, oh, well, I know how to do this process on like Windows 7, but then we upgraded to Windows 10 and like Office 365 and stuff. And oh, yeah. um, basically it- like messed up a bunch of people's like lives oh. but <laughs> it was for the best though right like it was like you know better processing but so that kind of gave me a bit of a technical background with things in terms of like knowing how to use like old software i mean i use a lot of like just multimedia things yeah, and i try I to that. like really like integrate just like old computers or like any kind of aesthetics in that way like yeah and like, you do that really well thank you, you yeah check his work <laughs> appreciate it yeah <laughs> um and and that kind of i guess gave me a little bit of like a, like a history with like software and mm. like uh just like computers in general and sparked a bit of an interest in that kind of aesthetic the web style but then when i went to the university though like that's when i really started like fixating on graphic design specifically and so then i incorporated that vibe into like sort of my art a bit and back then I was just using like Adobe Express and like- um, I don't know what Adobe Express is, bro. It's actually really convenient. It's like Canva. Okay. Do you know yeah, Canva? Yeah. 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 Yes, it, yes. It's very similar to that. And you can really just drag and drop like little logos and stuff. And so from there I started doing VHS sort of style things yeah. like VHS covers and yeah. stuff, just yeah. using that platform. And then that progressed into like me doing like literal like vhs like um <laughs> like tapes like in stuff my ex had like this giant old like hitachi crt and it was like this old like 80s tv and i bought a bunch of adapters because i had the experience of like from it knowing nice, like oh you have nice. to use like adapters for things and like just like figuring out how to connect my laptop to the tv mm. and then you can kind of place like the the graphics Wait, in the TV. So you're using, oh, you're using the TV that has like the three. Yeah, the the analog connection. Mm -hmm. So so you needed like what, USB to RCA? Yeah. Like so what is, or HDMI to it, RCA? Yeah. So it was a HDMI to uh, RCA and then RCA to coaxial because it was like the, like, you know, the screw in things yeah, for yeah, like, yeah. 
um, like cable boxes and stuff. It was like that to the TV. So like it literally there was like a few layers of like adapters, right? Like, oh. but when I first started, I would do directly to the TV, but then yeah. I got a VCR that was actually like, it was like a more modern VCR that had like DVD connections and stuff. So nice. it allowed you to actually connect to the VCR itself. Okay. And then from there connect to the TV. So I would actually run it through the VCR actually as well. And it got that wavy and then it allowed me to record footage with the tapes. Um, and then that was like another layer of things. Like, so there was a few layers to that. And then it just let me have like, like a random image. Right. And then I would put it through all of this and then it would look completely different taking a picture from the TV versus just like, say posting that image raw like you know yeah. by itself right yeah. so i figured that that kind of helped me stand out a bit more right like originally like when i first started doing that stuff and then from there i sort of got bored of doing the tv <laughs> stuff so i just went straight up to uh like the web core style like when when i saw your work right i was like I have not seen anybody do this. Why haven't I seen this type of style before? Like, <laughs> Thanks, man. How come nobody's utilizing this type of style? Holy hell. It's it's very unique. Like if there was one word to describe your style, or rather two words to describe your style, it would be retro unique. Thank you. Like that's all I could put it. Because in today's age, it's really hard to get something that is very fresh. And you have this way of utilizing that. You have caught on to something that many have not caught on to. Really crazy, man. Like the internet's been around forever, oh, yeah. right? But like utilizing the internet in sort of like a way that's like a graphic design focused way. I feel yeah. like that was sort of my approach with yes. it. So like around like 2020, right? Like that's when I noticed that style becoming a little bit more like mainstream like so there was this thing called weird core and like liminal space like you're probably aware of like back rooms and stuff right yeah that stuff like around 2020 that was like pandemic um and so that's when it started right yeah and and i noticed like because there was so many like you weren't allowed to go to like public spaces and stuff you weren't allowed yes. to like uh, do certain things it was all locked down so everyone was like isolating and back in waterloo all the students left they all went home and so the mm. whole city like during the year is usually packed, but it was completely vacant. And like, there was like huge buildings like this, like just giant skyscrapers and stuff, and empty. empty completely. And like, occasionally you'd see like one light maybe at the very top of the building. And like, I have a few images of like that kind of thing. Oh, um, there is a picture in, I think it was Liminal Spaces as well on Reddit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a power plant, right? Think so? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but abandoned power plant. Right. I think it, the name, it says power plant on it. Um, <laughs> a little <laughs> but, steel mill or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there is a power plant and like they, they removed the staircases. So they're like, there are doors at the very top. And basically now these doors are just there and no staircase, no nothing. Really? So it's yeah, a, creepy, a door yeah. to death or something yeah i know really though like that's like kind of the theme though right it's like yeah. sort of like this transitionary space of like you know it had like a purpose like it was built for a purpose but mm. like it no longer fulfills that and like that's sort of like i don't know the energy i guess yeah. that i try to like pick up on a little yeah. bit of like these like sort of places that are forgotten about or like styles that are maybe forgotten about or you know that forgotten core like i guess like things and like something that. as well very interesting with your work um and society is that uh, we have a tendency of 
going forward with mm. things. And I'm not saying it's a, we never do this, but then it's very rare that we look back at what we have done before. Mm-hmm. Um, there are outliers, but for the most part, we're always looking to create something greater. Like look at the cameras we have on our phones right yep. now, right? It's just how the hell do we one up ourselves with these cameras? How do we make them better? Yes, sure. we go back with um, film cameras, mm-hmm. but not a lot of people do that. A very small portion of the population does that, mm-hmm. you know, and you being of that small population being like, okay, let me utilize this VHS. Mm-hmm. In the now, we have things that are so good that we tend to look at works that were created from before and we're like, Wow. That looks so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? things kind of age over yeah, time, right? Like exactly. It- look at shots that are taken on film. We look at that and we're like, wow, that's amazing. But we tend to stay as bystanders rather than going in and utilizing it ourselves mm-hmm. and trying to work with it and integrate it into our day-to-day. Definitely. And so yeah, something that you do. Dude, right yeah, there. for sure. And, and that's sort of the thing is like, I feel like, as time like progresses, right? Like I feel like the people of the modern time looks back on sort of what happened before, not necessarily emulate that style, but sort of utilize the nostalgia of that time period to like progress yeah. their thing forward. Cause like, I believe that in order to progress in the future, you have to understand the past. So exactly. it's sort of like exactly. pulls on that a little bit. And so I think a lot of people like our age, we look back on like the 2000s or like maybe 90s um, and and we see like, okay, like so much has changed since then. Yeah. And like, how do we like bring forward a new vision um, that has never really been seen before? And yeah. I think that's by pulling influence from the past and then bring it forward but still like adding a new flair of like you know a newness to it right um and like for me like i always like just had a really and like i think that sort of uses your emotions as well because like people will like things like they loved in the past or like exactly things they found something nostalgic as you said exactly yeah the nostalgia big word you use there nostalgia is a very key thing Mm -hmm. in order to capture people's attention definitely with everything with ads and stuff going Mm -hmm. on right now and everything just looking so clean so fresh it's really hard to be like oh like like this is something that will impact my life right now and that's why for instance i'll use games for an example, remakes are happening right now over and over. You have Dead Space remake. Yep. You have Callisto Protocol, which is, it's not a remake, but then it is designed to look like a past game. Yeah, emulate that style. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, yeah. right? You have Resident Evil 4, which mm-hmm. just came out, you know, and mm-hmm. like Capcom have been doing this Resident mm-hmm. Evil remakes the entire time. Like there's a reason why mm-hmm. and it easily it captures people's attention definitely because it reminds them of the past. And if you could produce something of the past in a way that you not necessarily just copy and paste the past, mm-hmm. but then you copy, modify and paste, mm-hmm. right? And that's when you get something that captures people's attention and it it makes them look at something in a nostalgic way, but also is represented in today's day. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, and that's like 
you know, look at um, Spider-Man No Way Home or whatever, right? Like, that's, like, I mean, some people would say, like, that's, like, nostalgia bait or whatever, right? But, like, I I think it was pretty well done. Like, there are certain things I would change, but, like, that's a good example of, like, people trying to connect, like, the past with the future and, like, you know, sort of bring forward all the emotion that... I have you not know, several it yet. years. Oh, you haven't? Sadly. No, yeah. I, I don't it's know like, why. Have you seen the original like Tobey Maguire yes, like, Spider Man's? Like that that was my he was my Spider Man. Me too. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Very big time. Yeah. That was like the first like movie video game stuff I got yeah. into, like as a kid. Like you know, I'll probably be hated for this, but like with Marvel, I don't watch Marvel. Yeah, but, I know. What but you mean. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just have a soft spot for Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man right? though. The like, yeah. I don't know why, but like Spider Man and also X Men. Oh, me Wolverine, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? Same because they, they yeah. have that old vibe. They actually have your type of old vibe. Definitely. If you, if you look at it. I love right? that the, like, original. The, yeah. yeah, the original. I re- I remember like in primary school. Um, we had the VHS and after school, uh, when there were yeah, it was after school while waiting for our parents to pick us up. They would bring the VHS with um, yeah. the television yeah. and, and also X Men, and we just sit down and watch. Yeah, <laughs> it was like wow. Yeah, like, that yeah. was like the Oakley vibe, like the like <laughs> good old days. Yeah, and I just rewatched like yeah. the entire thing because I was like. I need to go down memory lane. Yeah, man, see? Sure. And that's what you do. You mm-hmm. let people go down memory lane. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge pool of people. Um, pretty much everybody remembers that. Mm-hmm. And even if it's even if they don't remember it, like with the new generation, they like looking into the past of things because they have access to so much. Yeah, man, right? for sure. And that's like a big thing that happened with me as well with like music and stuff. And like that music also inspired my style is mm. like you know, like around like 2020s and stuff like that. Like there wasn't like a whole lot of new music necessarily that I was really inspired by, but like there was things where I would look back in the past and be like, oh, I remember this. Mm. Like, I don't know. I don't, I never understood though, like how exactly the culture was at the time because I was so young, but like, I still like, you know, I used to love like Linkin Park, you know, I would listen to like, you know, like Limp Bizkit st- and stuff. I still actually like, listen and, to them at the gym. Yeah, and it's the 20th rage. anniversary, actually, of oh, really? the Linkin Park's uh, Meteora album, which is like, you know, numb. Yeah. I feel my, so numb. My album was Reanimation. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was yeah, a yeah. good album. And like the cover piece is just yeah, lit. For sure. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a little underrated of an album, yeah. in my opinion. If you're interested in this conversation and you want to listen to more artists in the field of art, film, dance, and music, man, just press that subscribe button. I'd appreciate it. You were talking about inspiration in hmm. music. Uh, where do you find your inspiration for your graphic design work and how do you ensure that your designs stand out in a crowded market? We talked about this, man. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. It would be nice to point more on it. Like, where is your inspiration from and how do you stand out? Well, how do you look to stand out from a crowd? Yeah, like, it's a bit of like a, a few different things, right? But I would say just like, getting as many like natural like sort of influences in your day-to-day life as possible like like i said with like the photography and stuff like i would just find like a random electrical box or something with some graffiti on it or something and i was like oh this is sick like i can turn this into something like you know like and then i would make like 
an album cover style thing with it or like there was this one thing i i saw like a really old like it was like outside of a convenience store and it was like a just like a old like really bad quality jpeg image <laughs> stretched across like this oh. like sign but then it was next to like a concrete wall i believe it was like an old like chinese market or something yeah that was the image and it was just like so low quality that it like created this cool like juxtaposition with the concrete like okay and then yeah. i took a picture of that and then added like a deathcore logo on the side <laughs> of it and then also like just some text and stuff like and then like that kind of thing like i don't know why like it just stood out but those sort of like things were in your natural like in your day-to-day life there's certain things like you'll see that like with a graffiti wall right like it, it tells a story right like of the time period like certain layers building on top of each other yeah. and like that kind of thing with music going back to like the lincoln park kind of thing right like that yeah. mixes so many different genres together and I always thought that was so creative and like, I never understood why that kind of went away. Like yeah, there was a certain rap, period of time where like, I feel like that would like, there was a lot of like cross collaborations with like different styles, like, mm-hmm. you know, Jay-Z, Linkin Park, like Limp Bizkit was sort of like rap and metal. Like there was like different kinds of things involved. And then like, eventually we kind of, by like 2010, it just kind of went back oh, there's rap, there's rock, there's like sort yeah, of segmentations yeah. a little bit. Mind you, there were still things happening at the same time, like that were underground. Um, and then like SoundCloud stuff happened. And then that's <laughs> when I really like it activated me. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, yes. Like this is like my stuff. There like, are a lot of underrated artists there. Yeah. And like in high school, I really got into like Tentacion and like, yeah. uh, you know, like those kind of like that rap metal kind of style all those guys like i don't even know like there's so many like people to credit for that but like it really like reignited my flame for like the sort of rap metal vibe and then like i just kind of in the 2020s unfortunately like that's the thing like you know like lil p juice world x like they all like passed away man and i was so depressed like honestly like after that like i just like grew so attached to that style and then in 2020s, like, I feel like there wasn't really much that triggered me, like, in a certain way like really that. Really hard to find. You have yeah. to really search. I feel like I really, like, that resonated with me a lot. And then I just kind of wanted to carry forward that sort of vision of multimedia, sort of, like, drawing so many inspirations from yeah. things and, like, mixing them together. I just think that's so cool, you know, and then that's where it comes from. Yeah. Hey. And, like, and sort of, like, when I listen to, like, certain music, I get really inspired by it. And then, like try to make something with the the visuals to match that sound yes so i'll you know listen to some you know cannibal corpse or something <laughs> one second and then i'll like switch over to like chief keef or something you know hey. and it's like they, honestly like, it's really nice when you're able to switch from from genre to genre mm-hmm. in one day i could listen to rage mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and then, yeah and then i go to mary j blige and i'm like Here's some like gospel choir that she got yep. going on. It's always nice to mix everything. And exactly. it, it, as as an artist, um, I find that I want to invoke so many emotions in my mm-hmm. work. And I, I'm like, okay, how do I capture all of these emotions? Mm-hmm. So simple, make a playlist and then just add everything and anything. Right. Definitely. And and during my creation process, I'm listening, I'm listening to all of these. So um, I have this tendency of jumping from one one part to another part during my work. And for instance, if I'm like, okay, let's listen to Mary J. Bly, and I want something um, 
hopeful but sad. I'll I'll go there and then I sculpt, sculpt, sculpt. Say I'm doing the ear. I'll make it so like that is um, reflected on the ear, mm-hmm. right? And then I'm like, okay, now let's. I'm going to rage, mm-hmm. and that's when I'll put the teeth, the huge teeth yeah, on the face, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay. I'll go for deep house so I can keep that flow going, mm-hmm. right? So it's just mixing these types of um, genres together and utilizing all of them. And that's how I utilize my music when I'm creating. Definitely. Right? Yeah. So very key, just as you're saying, you have the musicians, they, they have all these genres combined together and you do that too with your work. Thanks, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like as visual artists, it's interesting like how much you really draw from like music to like influence like a look of things right yeah like, and it's like i'm not like a musician at all like i can't like sing or anything <laughs> can't but, do like, it to save my life <laughs> yeah i wish i could <laughs> like there's some times where i like see a performance and i'm like even just watching like the videos like the music videos or just like a live performance of like the artist you know really just like getting into yeah. it and just like you know going crazy like um I don't know if you know like corn at all. Like heard, heard of corn. Heard, yeah. yeah, like they looked like rappers basically. Like they dressed in like a very like hip hop influenced style, but they were like really heavy. Like the they're pretty much like the founding fathers of like new metal or whatever. Okay. Like I guess in like kind of influenced like say like Slipknot, Lincoln Park down the road and stuff. Mm. But like their vibe like is pretty much like <laughs> I don't know, sp- speaks so much to me. And it's like the first like the music video blind. Um it's just a rager like it's it's a cool thing but like yeah just watching that energy like the bouncy kind of like style like sort of like influences me a bit like i gotta in terms try of that I gotta yeah try listen that. to it yeah it's good yeah. stuff but um and also a music video do you know what was lit okay i'm going a little off mm-hmm. topic but mtv back in the days, yeah. bro, like <laughs> in the in the early 2000s yeah. holy hell Dude, yeah. i feel like that's when they integrated everything together mm-hmm. as that's when it yeah right and yeah. When I saw your work, I automatically thought something. I, I didn't think MTV, but mm-hmm. I thought similar to MTV. Right, right. It yeah. would. I, I was like, oh, this is something that would be during those times, during this yeah. era of MTV, or pre, a little bit before it, mm-hmm. but it would still be around during that MTV era, the yeah. MTV hype era. Definitely, right? yeah. So that's yeah, that's something I'm like. Mm. Yeah, that like MySpace vibe as yeah. well, like sort of like, yeah. How do you ensure your design stands out in a crowded market? Yeah, so I would say that's good point with like uh, the collaboration side of things. So a lot of the, the thing was is like I, I would just see another designer's work kind of back when I first started doing like the graphic design heavy sort of things. Um, I would just be sort of like, not necessarily like taking their style, but like I would see certain styles and I was like, this looks like a rave poster or something or like an old, like, you know, you know, nineties or 2000 style thing. And that was already kind of happening. Like when I first started doing this stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what, why don't I just like reach out to these guys and see if like they would be interested in doing a little like edit together or something. And that's where I think it's really important for like small people to actually reach out to people because like there were some accounts that were like way bigger than me that agreed to doing a collaboration. You're just like, but then I I feel like, like, I feel like you have to be in line with their certain style. Yes, for sure. You have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've gone to someone who's made hearts and whatnot 
And they're like, well, your style is too morbid for me. I can't (laughs) do that. (laughs) That's where sometimes I I see it as like, this is a creative challenge in a way too. Because I will reach out to some people that do have a very different style than me. Mm. And I'm like, how can I make this work in a way that like connects mine with theirs? And that's where the internet aesthetic comes in. And I feel like that's like the most helpful thing ever because it keeps it consistent in like the web framing of things, right? But then it still like incorporates a completely diverse style that is like not even remotely like say like a metal like kind of look, but it's still like, it's so different that like, it works somehow like but actually um one of my first collaborators was casket um and it was mine too <laughs> yeah yeah and like that guy's awesome man like he you is know, lovely it, he is basically stephen hall episode six on after that's sad his uh style of like that metal logo kind of thing like he was he, like he was so chill and like gave me some of his logos to kind of work with and like yeah. incorporate in sort of like that web format or like Back when I was doing the VHS thing, like I would, he would have some 3D renders. And like, this is one thing I was going to actually ask you. Um, yeah. Using the the 3D style, like that very crisp, very clean style, but then putting it on the VHS, like the TV, like the oh. old TV look, right? Yeah. So then you get that old look, that the old VHS style, but then in a new way, because it's like brand new rendering software. And the thing is too, is like, 3d rendering at this point now is so like advanced it basically look realistic even from like the screen like you just see it and you're like trying to get this is so so close to getting there and and that's the funny thing too is like when you put it in the old crt look it looks realistic that's back rooms man exactly when when back rooms came out like cane pixel yeah yeah, i i did not know at at first i was like these guys shooting it like that's what i thought <laughs> on vhs or <laughs> like, me away. like old cat old camera or something yeah. and no that's not it like it's rendered bro yeah i know i it don't know what they rendered. use rendered yeah it's like whoever yeah the guy who made that insanely talented i think it like, like there is he's a director or something yeah he's like pretty young too like he's yeah. a very young guy but yeah that kind of idea right um so standing out though i would say Working with other collaborators, like even like, you know, people like, yeah, similar to your niche or like maybe outside of it a little bit and like creating like a sort of creative challenge. I looked at it Mm -hmm. as that. Right. And like the nice thing, too, is like now on Instagram, you can do a collaborative like post where it posts directly. Yeah. To both both accounts. So that's like incredible, like doing doing that sort of thing. And yeah, like that uh, helped really grow my account really quickly because you're sort of utilizing their audience as well. And like, you know, not to sound like, you know, like a culture vulture or something, right? But it's sort of like combining styles or like you're sort Mm. of presenting uh, an image that is a combination of two different artists. So I don't like to take a lot of credit for like the work I do because it builds off of things that A, have like already been created and B, like I do work with a lot of other artists Mm -hmm. for a lot of things. So I'm sort of like the coordinator of it all, but um, I try to really like, you know, leverage other people's work to like make something like really like out there. Lately, I haven't been like collaborating as much just because I've been like a little bit busy with work, but um, say someone will give me, yeah, like say some logos or um, they'll just give me some like frames and some rendering things. And then 
I'll like put it into the frames of like say like Windows 95 like desktop kind nice. of thing and like you just have a bunch of their best works yeah all together right and it's sort of like a promo or like a tribute to their work and it's literally just like giving them all the credit and like I tag them I say like these were created by this artist you mm. know and it's just like sort of started creating almost like a like a promotional sort of like thing as well that's right? so like, interesting man. yeah because like i liked that like yeah. you know i like showcasing other people's things and then also it builds off of like it creates this unified thing because like some artists are from like are all around the world and it's like everyone's sort of tapping into this thing that's like unified in a way that like everyone can sort of access and understand because like with the the internet everyone uses yeah in the world pretty much right so like yeah everyone can kind of relate to it right like the the web frames like the damn man i i just yeah. thought of a picture of it and the way i see it is like there are these artists inside this area mm -hmm. right um like a certain area and there are so many gates around it yeah right for sure and you're just and there and then there are other artists just outside you mm -hmm. know that are just chilling mm -hmm. and you're like here are gates open for you exactly that's it you right know? like you're making and and that's the thing though is that you you have a high following that's not thanks. like yeah. that's that's not um like no one can say otherwise yeah it's but, not like the craziest and, ever but like and you're saying but it's still there yeah considerable and, and, for and sure you, yeah and also the engagement is high mm -hmm. on it like you're basically just being like hey i'm using what i have mm -hmm. to let artists come in through this gate yep, hey artist sure. you you want to come through this gate come mm -hmm. on come on like yeah i'm not i'm not gonna stop you come on in and that's the thing right? they get all the credit for it too so it's like as a collaborative post like they're still like getting the mm. you know the recognition for their work and not just me right like yeah there are certain times where like say like i'll pull some images from like the internet that like say I don't necessarily know where they came from mm -hmm. and like I'll mix them together with like a bunch of other things. Um, so there are certain times like with that, but for the most part, I try to headhunt people like on Instagram and be like, okay, I want to use this image. Is it okay if I use this? Yeah. Like I would love to showcase your, your work, you know, like you have a very like different style. Like I, th I think you're the most selfless artist I have ever met. <laughs> Thanks, <bro. man. laughs> like for doing that, of course you have a style, but then mm -hmm when people look at what you have they also look at those imageries mm -hmm. of other people's styles and that's yep. what you're going for yeah, and the thing it. is you have you you do very little manipulation to the actual image mm -hmm. of their work yeah i try to keep itself, it like yeah right straight so up, yeah. that on its own you're giving tribute to the artist because mm -hmm. with a collaboration it's combining two different styles mm -hmm. and whatnot and and manipulating the main image mm -hmm to produce something else and you're just like you're creating a display right you're, yeah. you're creating a frame yep for the work yeah basically. to stand it's, it's as just as a, itself. it's, it's yeah. a frame that's what you're doing yep. man selfless <laughs> um so we're gonna go to balancing creativity and business as a graphic designer and freelancer how do you balance your creative vision with the needs and the expectations of your clients for that i would say it really comes down to setting like the expectation up front, I feel like, for most clients. Yeah. Um, so most people usually reach out to me um, and will just be like, oh, uh, how much for a commission or whatever. And so, you know, I can give them an estimate or whatever sometimes. Um, 
but usually I try to ask them several questions before I even talk about pricing Yeah, because it's good to like set a standard of like, okay, this is what to expect. I usually try to gain as much like creative freedom in the project as possible. So I'll usually try to say like, so for this to work best, like it's usually best if you just give me your idea, let me try to run with it as best in my style and then we can go from there and edit because like most designs like and I think most designers can probably relate to this is like usually you never get it right 100% the first time Definitely. for commissions and stuff. Yeah. So by really explaining like sort of the process, really sort of getting them to give you as much information as possible, you can sort of frame things in a way and then you can kind of like go down um, a process of like you know, this will work best. Yeah. This won't work best. Yeah. Um, and then you know what to do rather than just go ahead and create something and then them be like, oh, I don't like this or like, oh, change this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like, you know, telling them this like upfront, that that helps to alleviate that kind of problem. But then going to the actual design, like if they give me, you know, some images to work with or like a theme, yeah. you know, I can usually create something in that Realm area, things, right? Yeah. 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 And then sort of go from there, right? Certain commissions, like they really sometimes just want me to run with it, like run with my idea. And then that's perfect. That's Cause good. then it's like, oh, this is awesome. Like I can just do whatever. Have you met any challenging people to work with? Yes, definitely. There have been some challenging people. Um, and it's weird, man. Cause I feel like it's usually the people that pay like the least <laughs> dude. Like and I tell them that it's like, okay, if you require some revisioning or something, it's, it's going to cost. More. Yeah. Or I'll it, like it built in the revisioning price, like for like unlimited or like, you know, say like five revisions or something. Yeah. You know, like a little extra because then it's expected. So you also give like upfront how many revisions a person yeah, can have. For sure. Yeah. Right. Usually I cut it off at like three because like any more than that, sometimes it gets like, all right, like if we didn't get it after even two, I'm mm. like, all right, well, and we're going to keep asking even more after that probably. Yeah. And it's like, do you know Quinn? Uh, yes. Yeah. Not like, I don't know, like on a yeah. personal level, but like, yeah, yeah I he, know he him. was talking about the same thing. He was like, yeah, the good thing with giving people, um, a set amount of revisions is cause it forces them to decide yep. on the get go for sure. Um, that, okay. I only have two revisions left. I need to be as specific as I can or else I'm going to end up start starting to pay yep. for all these extra revisions and yep. like if you can handle that money or if you have the money to do that sure most of the time everybody's working on a budget so having revisions really helps people just mm-hmm. make sure that everything they need that needs to be said is said for or sure. else it's gonna come backfire on them yeah and that's where i try to pull from as well is like um basically getting like an understanding of the person's budget at like a certain point because Mm. I try not to like turn down really like any like commissions, like just because like, you know, like I try to run it like a business. Right. So if someone tells me like they only want to spend like 200 bucks or something, then I'm like, okay, well I'll do the necessary amount of work for For that that. to work. Right. And not go like too overboard with my time because then it's like, you're pretty much working for free. You have to sort of be fair with yourself. And so if they tell me like even a hundred dollars, I'll be like, okay, yeah, we can still do something. You're even $50. So like, it's like, I'll try to like, you know, put in like an hour or something, you know, and it'd be like, all right, yeah, here's what you get for that, you know? Yeah. But if you want to put more money into it, I'll spend more time on it. Exactly. And so it's like you have to 
really sort of work in that way too. Um, and then there's other times, yeah. And then there's other times too, where it's like, you don't want to pay per hour, right? You want to do per day, like, yeah. Or even like value-based pricing where it's sort of like how big of like an impact is this going to really have like in your, the grand scheme of things like for branding or like merch or something, if the design is like the whole thing, yeah, then you're probably like, going to be paying more for it. Yeah, even like, if it takes you what a few minutes or an yeah, hour. Yeah, for make, sure, just right? Just because yeah. of the exposure it's going to get. Yep, definitely, right? yeah. Like you can't be like Nike comes in, busting through the door, and is asking you like to make something for a hundred dollars, knowing that they got the money and. On mm-hmm. top of that, though, you know that it's going to be showcased everywhere. Definitely, you know? man, yeah. Um, this is something that they use on students. And, like, I understand why, like, well, no, I don't understand why they do that. But they do it with students most of the time. It's like, oh, here's something, you know, we're, do this for us and we'll give you um, exposure mm-hmm. and a little bit of, like, sparkles and sprinkles yep. here and there, you know. I, I feel like students don't necessarily understand that their time is money and they don't when, know their when, value when they, really, yeah right? exactly like, yeah. and then when later on they could be like oh like like or people ask oh did you, did you get something from that no i got mm-hmm. exposure from it you know and in time that starts hurting you because mm-hmm, bro you sure. gotta pay bills yeah time, dude yeah it's know? time so like, i would rather a gig where i get paid mm-hmm. now than exposure yeah and i have gotten gigs where i got exposure mm-hmm. and those were worth it mm-hmm. back then yeah and for portfolio or exactly. anything like that so it, it's always great it. for yeah. a portfolio and whatnot yep. right but at the same time at some point you just got to start paying bills yeah and the exposure projects are the ones where they're asking you to do so much mm-hmm. you know definitely yeah. so like everything in, in other words everything has a time and a place for you sure. Know, if you can make the time for an exposure project, go for it. Like nobody's stopping you. And it would be great. You learn stuff like you're still learning and you're still incorporating yourself into big um, companies and whatnot. And you have your name associated with that. For That's sure. great. You know, like if you have the time to do that. But then most of the time, uh, we don't have the time to do that. Definitely, man. And thus yeah. it makes it hard. For us to do that yeah a good example of that uh from my like experience i had like i was like fortunate enough to actually work with uh bring me the horizon at nice. one point yeah and uh like ollie sykes actually reached out to me personally on one thing and like i was like super <laughs> hyped about it you know he, he even said he would pay me for the work and stuff like that and then at the end of it i was like you know what i don't even care just like you don't have to pay me i just want to be part of this just yeah. tag me in it and I made like a little, um, it was the, the intro to his um, post-human tour. It was like the American tour, like going around, like, and uh, it was just a little like short little intro with like the VHS style thing and um, mm. just some like little like flashes of like some of the work I've done in the past. Um, and I also did like a little merch campaign in the webcore nice. style, like yeah. a, the early like 2000s emo sort of aesthetic and uh made a and a cool thing for him but i just wanted to yeah. that was more of like i just want to be part of this like, i know and, you know, and like, there are times like that so i'm not necessarily dismissing 
all these projects, the, yeah. the, the free projects that you mm-hmm. do. No, um, yeah, those are important. Those right? are important. Like, yeah. Those they are established, really right? Like, exactly. Much, right? Yeah. But at the same time, don't be afraid to ask for how much it yes, costs. Yes, definitely. You know? Yeah. You have to, it comes to a point, right? Where you have to really be like, okay, reasonable yeah. with yourself, like respect yeah. yourself in that way. So exactly. Yeah. It takes some time to understand that though, you know, in the creative field, because you do it as like, started as like a hobby pretty much. And you don't mm-hmm. realize that you can actually get paid for it. And that's where it started with me, right? yeah so yeah and i'm still Uh, understanding that you know to this day still trying to figure that out so yeah yeah. but there must come like mental health things Mm -hmm. as well with it you know yes for sure as you're you're trying to figure it out you get frustrated right frustration with artists can lead into a downward spiral especially because we're always in our minds you know, yes, so sure. freelancing can be stressful and an isolating experience. Mm-hmm. How do you prioritize your mental health while working as a freelancer? And what advice do you have for others in the same situation? Yeah, so that one is like, it's different for everyone. Because like, for me, like, I just like work best very chaotically and like, sort of like, not very organized sometimes and like even man like i know what you mean bro it's so like sometimes you can't be like i really wish i could be super organized like one of those people that like you know they have their day down to the hour of like what they're doing every hour i have tried that so many times and in so many different methods and it just does not work i've gotten to a point now where i you know i in the morning i write out like just a notepad of like you know check boxes of things to do yeah like all right this is good for now but i'm gonna have to get more organized with it but i'd say yeah really like for creative field you can't really be super like break it down to the hour because like like i said before sometimes you just get an inspiration from just like going on a walk you know like going like to the bar or something with some friends like i think it's confirmed i'm sorry yeah i think it's confirmed (laughs) artists in the art category we are very much the type of people who are like yeah i just do whatever yeah exactly right like Like, the artists that i've had have said that they're yeah. like, yeah, you know, I just do whatever. And then like here and there, like I try to do my art every day, but I'm chill about it. You know, mm-hmm. even the goals, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to push myself to do it, but yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and normally we have that tendency or that thought that, okay, in order to make yeah. it, you got to put hard work, you know? And, oh man, hard work. I- I'm sorry. I'm going to diverge quite a bit with hard work. That's a big right? one, man. Because we think of it as something that that is universal mm-hmm. but in essence it's subjective as hell absolutely right absolutely. hard work for me is not what hard work is for you yep. for instance i may have trouble getting up in the morning so me getting up early in the morning that may be hard work for me whereas for you you may be an easy like it, it's easy for you to get up 7 a.m you're like oh, okay i'm out that's not hard work for you but something else might be hard, mm-hmm. right? And thus, like, hard work is something that is not, like, it changes over time, yep. right? Once you um, get to that point, or for me, for instance, I start waking up early. That becomes hard work of the past. So, like, when when people are like, yeah, you 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 do well by working hard all you all you have to do is work hard and you will succeed like hard work, hard work yeah. is so subjective yep. and not a lot of people understand it's subjective so like right now with 
um, ZBrush, for instance, man, like that was hard work for me to get to where I am right now. Definitely, and you saw yeah. the piece that I oh, worked yeah, on right man. now. That, Very detailed. Yeah. Right? Like that is getting to a point in which it's not as hard anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to find a new challenge. Mm -hmm. And that's where hard work is. In other words, it's always about finding something that is challenging for you in order to succeed. Anyway, yeah, man, yeah. for sure. And it's like sometimes you just like get into just sort of like a flow state, right? Where it's not even work. It's just like you're just having fun with it. And mm. then to other people afterwards, they maybe see that as like, wow, he spent like a lot of time on this, a lot of hard work. Yeah. But then it was like, no, you were having fun the whole time. Like yeah. just like to them, it's hard work. Yeah, Looking at that, what you're sure. doing is hard work. Yep. To you, that's fun, bro. Yeah, that's, I'm just vibing. You're with just it. coasting. Yeah. Yep. Right. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I diverged us there quite a lot there. Um, we were we were talking about how you prioritize mental health while working as freelance. Yeah, so I would say also taking care of your mental health. Like you really gotta change up the environment from time to time. Mm. Uh, for me at least, like I need to like leave the house here and there. Like that's partially why like I have really hard time working from home because yeah. of the whole like isolation aspect of things like the whole like covid you know like it you, you're just sitting at home the whole time like my diet went like to hell like my freaking <laughs> like you know like things start to sort of like come down like and like being a chaotic kind of person like i wasn't really like taking care of like the things i had to do i would just sort of like get distracted and all mm. that and so like the gym really helped me. Like I go to the gym as often as I can. Lately, I've been slacking a little bit, I must say, <laughs> but <laughs> comes in waves. Comes in waves, yeah. yeah. But then there's certain times. Like I have a home gym though, so like nice. you know, I will try to like I, work out here and there. But I can't. I've tried it. Yeah. <laughs> During COVID, bro, like I was it's losing rough, yeah. my mind. Do you want weights? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take them. <laughs> yeah, I got weights, bro. Like really? I, I think I got a forty-five and a twenty. Oh. Dude, I have a 45, but, but I only have one 45. I can give you another 45. That would be sick. I, like, hopefully they're the same. Yeah. Like, look, they have the same look, but I can give you a 45. Dude, that would be sick. Like, <laughs> Honestly. But I don't know how you're going to carry it. I don't know either. Yeah, I might have to, like, you know, just, like, soldier that, you know. <laughs> but yeah, man. I'll give it to you. Thanks, Free of charge. No problem. But, so, yeah. This, yeah, I'd say, like, yeah, like, working out and stuff, like, you, you sometimes you go take a break and then you lift some weights or something, you know, go on a run. And then you come back with all this like energy sometimes yeah. that's a little bit more like, and it's important, I think like to really take care of your physical health because it affects your mental health. Yes. And a lot of like really talented designers sometimes don't even, maybe they don't even realize that. And like, or even just like hardworking people in general, right? Like people that are on mm -hmm. the computer all the time, especially if you're on the computer. And that's the thing is that like I tend to sculpt at night mm -hmm. just because I want to absorb the sun. I want that. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I want to feel okay. I don't want to feel depressed. Definitely. Know? Yeah. And it's easier this way where I get the sunlight during the day. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, you know? for sure. And it's like, there's like the idea of like, you got to disconnect sometimes. And like, so with that, I would say for me, I just like really can't be on my phone all the time. Like I really like get really stressed out. Like it's a bad especially habit. <laughs> man, like, yeah. And it's like in this like world nowadays, I feel like people like expect a response, like pretty much like immediately sometimes depending on who you're with, like most people are chill, but like there are some I times like, it's mean. like, 
you know, where you're just like not, you just don't want to be on your phone yeah. like all the time. And like with me, like sometimes that does affect my like communication skills with people online because like I'll have like several messages just like not open or like the bring me yeah. the horizon guy. Like he would yeah. do that and I would be like, oh no, does he not like what I said or like, you know, whatever. Yeah, and it's, it's, like, it's you know, just, just a matter it. of yeah. assuming that everybody is busy because yeah, sure. everybody, like at least for me, I already have that assumption that okay, if I am in communication with you, you're doing something, you're up to something. You're only responsible for your end of the communication. Yeah. Yeah. So graphic design has the power to influence culture from advertising to social media. How do you see the role of graphic design in shaping culture? And how do you approach creating designs that resonate with different audience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Audiences. so <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. you know, Oof. it's yeah. not just one. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, man, uh so I thought of like basically graphic design is the kind of thing that's sort of like it sort of like transcends communication like in the yes. like language kind of way where like there's different languages for different cultures and stuff, but like images like everyone sees that in the same like just human way right like Mm -hmm. of like this is like a a shape that is representative of an idea or like i don't know if you know anything about like linguistics or anything but it's like you know signs and signifiers and things like that and like images do the same work in the same way but on a grander level and i think i try to approach it in that way of like with nostalgia right like usually Mm -hmm. people can relate to nostalgia just from an emotional level, right? Not necessarily of like, oh, you need to know how to like read this or like this sort of like formulation of language, maybe not everyone can relate to um, because like a language barrier or something. And like, I still work a lot with like language, obviously, but like, I don't know. And that, and that kind of comes back to sort of collaborate collaboration and stuff um, of like, I like to work with diverse styles, like of people from around the world to sort of like bring them into like an idea of, this is one connected thing, right? Like yes. one sort of thing that like, and like the idea of like zeitgeist of like pretty much like styles that are of its time period. Um, so like, you know, like the eighties had an like a vibe, right? Yes. Like the seventies had a vibe. The nineties had like a vibe, the two thousands, like all that. And now we're in the 2020s. Mm. What is the vibe that everyone can relate to? Yeah. Personally, I think it's technology. Like everyone is like, we're in such a technology focused, like even you could say the two thousands was that, but um, even the nineties or like really eighties, but like it had its own shape or like its own like figure, right? Like, um, and so I try to tap into those sort of things, like as much as possible, like those sort of like, that sort of feeling of like, wow, this is like of its time period. Mm. And like, even with my style though, it's like very nostalgic focused. So like, it still pulls from the past, but it brings forward the past and brings in the future to create the present almost. Like, I guess. I I can see that. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. um, As we said, you're tapping into that same crowd that Capcom is tapping into. Yeah. Right. That sort of like... It's interesting just like learning like even the history of like like I love learning the history of like certain cities or um, sort of like how countries reform. You incorporate um, that as well? Well, like it's interesting because like Canada itself is so like such a diverse country. Right. And like I feel like it's a 
it's not in the same way that the states is because it's like the yeah. states is like a melting pot i guess of like different kind of like cultures and stuff and it's sort of like assimilates everyone into one thing mm-hmm. i try not to think about it like that i try to think of like you're combining styles and letting them stand on them their own but then it's part of something greater i guess like yeah. still like yeah it's it's sort of like that's a that's in a very general sense yeah um i, I see what you mean but yeah do you kind of see yeah, yeah and it's sort of like there's certain like ideas of things that i feel like you'll only recognize it if you were from that era mm. um and so like you know our generation like gen z or whatever i'm not sure when you were born exactly 97 97 okay yeah. yeah so you're a little older than me i'm 99 so but you actually will probably have more knowledge of like sort of that vibe that like i know you know what I yeah mean? like that and it's very like it just connects like when when i open your page it's just a slap of connection mm-hmm. you know i'm slapped with nostalgia in the face as hard as i don't know bro <laughs> yeah it's like and it i'm left like, with like yeah, a five finger mark on my face <laughs> yeah like man. i really get that yeah man it's like creating like connecting different images that aren't necessarily connected but are you know kind of connected in like the vibe sense of like you know skateboarding culture mixed with like say like a certain kind of band mm-hmm. mixed with like um and that's, you know like something else but like, that's the thing it it's just pretty much everybody mm-hmm. yeah and you that's know? like what i want right like it is sort of for everybody yeah. whereas like of course you get niche artists and mm-hmm. stuff where it's not for everybody and whatnot yeah but what you're doing is for everyone yeah you know? i try to think it about resonates it yeah. with pretty much everybody if if you know windows xp like yeah you bro, can get the vibe you, you can, can get, get the, the idea vibe. right it's like yeah. right and everybody knows xp except like for like the younger seven-year-olds, mm-hmm. yeah, like maybe like ten, yeah, you know, except for those guys. But bro, you're still pulling into what half of like more than half of the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, a lot of people can. And then if you go even further back, then there's like older people that can understand, like say like Windows like '98 or '95 or like mm. even further back, like exactly. or even forward. Like I did a few that were. Um, with like this one artist, like, or there's a couple guys, um, and they had a very futuristic style that was like super like future heavy. And like, it was like very much like, you know, spaceships and stuff and like sci-fi related things. And dude, like I, I, so I pulled from like, uh, like 2010s, like kind of like, you know, um, rain meter at all. Like, you know, those kind of like skins that you could get for windows that were like, futuristic styles like and i would take like screenshots of those mix them with like that guy's like futuristic style and then it was like almost like a future windows like almost of like what windows could be like mind blown yeah and then absolutely (laughs) mind blown by that and it's like yeah like incorporates still their vision but like also with the the nostalgia like but that's like retro futurism i think as well as a big inspiration to me of like because i could see that highly you could see that i'm i'm like I don't know, like w- watching like Blade Runner, the classic mm-hmm. Blade Runner. I'm like, okay, that's that's a vibe for that sure. Could, that definitely goes in line with your work. Yeah, man. Right? And, yeah, it's basically like 
because every going back to sort of the zeitgeist thing, every sort of decade sort of has their idea of what the future would look like. Yeah. And so, um, so like the eighties, like they thought like we'd already have flying cars by now. We'd already have like, you know, like everything was sort of like screens, like everywhere. Kind that, of like and that. And that would be like a nuclear future though. Yeah. And that's sort of like, um, they thought like, cause it's based in their time period, yeah. right. Of like what the future would be like. And it's sort of anchored in their yeah, history. Nuclear right? power like, was such a prominent thing yeah, back then. Nuclear power, like, you know, electronics were still pretty like primitive by then. So yeah. like they still thought that like CRTs and VHS systems would be everywhere. Cause there wasn't like the, really the formula. Imagine. Yeah. Like the idea of like the internet really was bro. Yet, so. My brother, is gonna be like what's a vhs <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> if like, I ask him. some people yeah. don't know right and then but even in the 90s like the, you move forward a little bit further there was still like the idea of the internet was kind of like just like a spark like mm. in like it wasn't really a thing yet yeah but there was sort of like a bit more of like a 3d animation take on things and like this whole like rave culture of like yeah. you know like this kind of like <laughs> the, the like kind of glasses like that <laughs> sort of like futurism um Aye. and then but that's yeah that's a classic futurism that's a 2000 yeah. and then that's futurism. 2000 and like 2000 putting the glasses down yeah <laughs> like Aye. it had its own like take on Aye, like yeah, what man. the because it's like aerodynamic you know right? that kind of thing and then that was like snowboarding culture as well, sort of like uh, that was like new at one point, but then now it's just like, you know, it's like we're so progressed further. Like 2020s like is now like the time period of like Blade Runner and like, well, Blade mm. Runner I think was like even like 2015. Like that was like so. what that was yeah. set in or something, but yeah. But Cyberpunk, I don't know if you know Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, I do. If you ever played that, but I, I, I played it when it first came out. <laughs> Me too. Like, oh my broken. god, bro! And do you know what I played it on? I played it on the PS4. No. So, oh, it was even worse. <laughs> so, like, it was stuttering. But then the storyline kept me captivated yeah, for quite a same, while, yeah. and I was just on that storyline, but I couldn't do anything else. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Other than that, like. I've been like, should I get it for my PC? And I'm like, nah, <laughs> yeah, nah. But but it's good. Yeah, it's a good game. It's a good game, and yeah. it's a great representation of a dystopic corporate future. Yeah, and like I think of it as uh, so like the whole idea of cyberpunk uh, kind of came in around the eighties. Uh, this guy William Gibson. Yes, he was like a writer. Yeah, like really delved deep in this aspect of like. Uh, high tech low life yeah. sort of like where it's like really grounded but it's like futuristic technology yeah. at the same time yeah and i try to pull from that as much as i can because like have you read or i, I listen to audiobooks mm -hmm. right but uh, so i'm just gonna say listen have you listened to neuromancer neuromancer uh no we uh yeah I, you should it's like it fills a gap that Blade Runner mm -hmm. um, or do Androids Dream of Android Sheep. It, yeah. it, it really fills a hole. Uh, anyway, yeah, what were you going to say? Yeah, like in when I was in school, like I actually did like a survey course of like cyberpunk. Like it was like a cyberpunk course, like yeah. in my one of my writing classes. Yeah. And like we did cover like a number of like cyberpunk like books and stuff. And I think because like those kind of stories and stuff like is like the foundation of that kind of vibe. Right? Yeah. Like of like so, pulling, yeah. Uh, Go for it, man. 
resources and aspiring graphic designers. What are some resources such as books, websites, and other tools that you would recommend to someone who is starting out in graphic design and wants to develop their skills further? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's like so much out there, honestly. Like um, I would say like even just Instagram itself, use the like click on tags when you see like if you want to get into that, Click on tags of the designers. Mm -hmm. That'll like infect your explore page pretty much with like, you'll just like go on like a tangent of like, oh, like the things related to this kind of tag um, and like the sort of subgenres that like originate mm -hmm. from them. And it allows you to find more styles and stuff and like yeah. all sorts of new designers. Um, and like I sometimes just go on a tangent of just like connecting like through different pages and everything and just like finding new people. There's a lot of like accounts that will just repost your um, your work. And one was like uh, 6TM Magazine, I believe. But um, there's like Acid Graphics, like so many, man. There was like uh, Graphic Lounge, like they, they helped me at the very beginning um when i started doing like the vhs kind of stuff they reposted yeah. some of my works they have their own um site that you can like even post to yeah um there's a lot of things like that and then even there's graphic design resources so i've worked with this yeah. um site uh in the past um it's called um crate app great app yep and basically it's a whole collective of like textures and uh, mock-ups and all sorts of things like that mm. and that is like really good basic there's like free ones that you can use even yeah and um use those and when you use them tag the account like that you like that gave them like to you basically right like okay. that you got them from because yeah. they'll often repost your work that you used 